Now back to D-Day. Mission Liberation. With Richard Dowdell. Yeah, I suppose you were around camp the day a couple of weeks ago when Hoagie Carmichael was up there and sang his new song, I'm a cranky old yank in a clanky old tank. I was. How does it go again? Well, as I got it from Hoagie, Sergeant, it goes uh, something like this here now. No official word stateside that the long-awaited invasion to liberate Europe was underway, but even the folks at home knew it was going to happen soon. Things were pretty hot at that time. We were under sniper fire and, and machine gun fire, and also they were shooting at us with mortars and or 88s, and the Germans were very accurate with their 88s. A long way from his Chickasha, Oklahoma home, Joe Manning was among the first to hit the beaches. It was his job to land before the main force and try to defuse landmines and other booby traps set up by the defenders. We carried explosives known as C2 compound, which we made up on ship before we disembarked. And uh, these explosives, we would wrap around the obstacles and we had waterproof fuses that we'd made up, 20-second fuses and three-minute fuses that then we would blow up the obstacles. The beaches were codenamed Utah, Omaha, Gold, Juno, and Sword. American troops came ashore at Utah and Omaha. British soldiers had the responsibility of taking gold and sword beaches. The Canadians landed at Juneau. Barbed wire, steel bars, and poles were set up and strewn along the sandy beaches to deter the invasion. Manning was part of the teams of Navy specialists and Army combat engineers who studied the German obstacles prior to the landings thanks to recon photos. We had one which is known as a hedgehog, was a little iron that was welded together, about three different pieces that set there that would tear the bottom out of a boat if the tide was in. And then we had another one known as an element C or a Belgian gate, which is just a big rectangular piece of metal welded together that set up and they, they were, had mines on top of those, which we had to remove the mines or when we blew them up. And we also had what was called log ramps, just a single log sticking up in the air with another log laid on top of it. And these had German teller mines on them. And when they were underwater, covered up by the tide, why the uh, actually uh, invasion boat hitting the top of that would destroy the boat. Hours after the invasion began, the word finally filtered back to the homes of the Allied troops by the way of a unique source. German sources reported today that the Allies had launched the long-awaited invasion of the continent by landing parachutists in northern France and assaulting the French coast from the What amazed me sea. is at daylight, no thousands of ships is there that we didn't even know existed till daylight. I mean, it's it was amazing how the secret was kept. Young 19-year-old U.S. Navy seaman Elmer Levengood was assigned to a landing craft that hauled British troops to Gold Beach. And as we come up on the beach, it was it was a lot of chaos. Landing small landing craft split open and debris all over. In spite of shells dropping nearby, Levengood's craft made several round trips, taking troops and supplies in and evacuating wounded on the way out. During one trip, the sailor's craft was nearing another one. It hit a mine. It was, uh, the blast had blown right out of the water. And the crew and everything was, was blown out of the water. And after the smoke cleared, there just wasn't anything left but a few 
planks from the hull of the boat. There was great difficulty in getting from the landing craft to the shore. That was number one. In many instances, the ramps went down prematurely and troops just plunged out into, into fairly deep water. They were burdened by 70 or 80 pounds of equipment that they were typically carrying in those days. A lot of them went right under and couldn't, couldn't pull out because of it. Military historian General Bruce Jacobs says there was confusion in spite of all the pre-planning. In some cases, like at Utah and Omaha beaches, many troops landed off the mark. They never anticipated the kind of uh, dispersion that would occur. They never anticipated uh, the inability. Uh, this is not a criticism of the Navy. This was an extremely difficult operation. But I think it was never anticipated that the boat landing teams would not land pretty much where they were supposed to land. Well, I landed right next to a man that had his head about blown off. And being as young as I was, it thoroughly frightened me to death. Donald Doncio stormed Omaha Beach three hours after the initial wave. His 29th Infantry Division was mired in the sand. There was a tank in the water with the water up to its turret and still firing a machine gun. He wasn't firing his cannon, of course. There was still a gunner inside. With his body pushed into the sand as far as he could, Don Seal, who's from Edmond, Oklahoma, saw that beyond the beach were high bluffs and cliffs at each end of the landing zone. A few exit corridors from the beach had to be assaulted and taken. The Allies misjudged here expecting just a reinforced battalion, but defending Omaha was a battle-wise German division which had moved in just weeks before. They had more men there, and, and in the beaches, uh, they had used it at training. They already had their foxholes dug, uh, you know, as a maneuvering place, and had it all laid out where they could concentrate their fire and everything without, you know, digging in prior. So it was... Uh, they had us pretty well covered. That's one reason Omaha Beach was so tough to get into. With Operation Overlord fully committed, the official word was finally being released. General Eisenhower, in a message beamed to the occupied nations, called it a great crusade. Ici, Londres. Les Français parlent aux Français. People of Western Europe, a landing was made this morning on the coast of France by troops of the Allied Expeditionary Force. This landing is part of the concerted United Nations plan for the liberation of Europe, made in conjunction with our great Russian allies. I have this message for all of you. Although the initial assault may not have been made in your own country, the hour of your liberation is approaching. Folks, this is Bob Hope speaking from a P-38 airfield out here near Van Nuys, California. We look forward to being with these men and doing our regular show here, but of course nobody feels like getting up and being funny on a night like this. Now the investment must pay for this generation and all generations to come. And folks, what a wonderful thing it is that no matter the price, the reward will be greater than the sacrifice. We hope that thought can go along with a prayer tonight, the prayer of a whole nation. God bless those kids across the English Channel. I'm lying down at full length here in the cornfield. Just in the hedges around me, I can see many men taking shelter behind the banks with it wearing their steel helmets while the terrific barrage goes on around us. 
I was ashore long enough to witness a lieutenant colonel in the 1st Infantry Division finally stand up and with his 45 in the air and he said something to the effect, men, we can, we can die here or we can go inland and die. And, and, and with that, <clears throat> he started off across the minefields and the men got up and, and followed him. And they, they began to assault right across the minefields. They began to assault the pillboxes overlooking the beach. And as we went in, we could see the Navy lobbing their shells in, in the dark. And of course you see a, a streak. And it looks like they're hot enough, you wonder how the shell doesn't blow up. But as soon as they start to arc down, you can see they cool off. But they go off all right, because uh, you could feel the concussion in the air miles away, even though you weren't close to it. We're flying at about 250 miles an hour, straight in towards France. Spitfires on the left behind us. And somewhere with us, one other mosquito gone out of sight at the moment, who's flying with us as another extra machine with the formation. And there, in the distance, and all round us, in a great semicircle, is the battlefront. I can see the whole of it from east to west. Fires are burning in every direction. There's smoke going up in clouds. We've seen the guns firing and the ships firing inshore. D-Day, Mission Liberation, will continue in a moment. 